We're born into our names, but we become family by heart. During my wife and my journey through infertility, foster care, and a recent adoption, we searched for and relied on a lot of help. If you're on a similar journey, then this podcast is for you. Or maybe you're curious about the process or looking to support someone on their journey. We got you covered. Each episode has a story to inspire and or resources to turn to. We're all family here. This is Family by Heart. What's up, family? Welcome to another episode of Family by Heart. I, of course, am your host, Dustin. I have a special guest with me on my lap, uh, that being my youngest son, Draco, uh, who is playing with the microphone, so sorry about the sound. Uh, but I'm also very excited. Remember, you're supposed to be quiet, buddy. Uh, excited because I have my second uh, returning guest uh, ever, and that would be a uh, speaker, podcaster, foster youth advocate, and trainer for the wonderful people taking on the daunting task of becoming foster parents. And that would be Mr. Motivator himself, Jamal Callahan. Hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you that, you know, this is what we go through as parents. And, uh, you know, we're not ashamed. <laughs> we're, we're not, not ashamed at all, at all but. Dustin, this is actually Draco's second appearance on the podcast as well, because uh, a while back I had one of our one of the representatives with the Cleveland Angels here in the house doing a in person interview with me, and he woke mm-hmm. up from his nap and came right in in the second half of the interview. So awesome! Uh, hopefully he won't. Well, be listen, touching I'm, too I'm, much I'm, of the stuff on my desk here. But. <laughs> I'm excited though. I'm excited he's able to join us. Absolutely. And and he actually already told you some very sweet words uh, when he walked back in the he room uh, for a second time when he said, I think I love him. So, and that's high praise from this little guy because he's got a big heart. So, oh, man. Okay, but he got a dumpy touch. That's, that's beautiful. So, that's beautiful. Uh, again, so Jamal, you and I go way back to when uh, my wife and I first got into the, the foster gig, as we all know, and you were yeah. um, one of the trainers for one of the continuing education classes I went. Um, what kind of stuff mm-hmm. are you getting into these days right now? Oh, my God. Listen, the the, the work still continues. Why the revolution they? will not be televised, but the work still continues. I'm actually now... Uh, aside from still, you know, speaking and advocating, uh, working on a newer project um, with, a, and it's a large project. We're we're talking about coaching, coaching in the child, the child welfare space. Um, we're talking about how do we shift how we show up as a system. So um, that's a federal project that I'm working on now. It's called the Quality Improvement Center for for Engaging Youth. And um, it's a pilot project right now, and we just finished the the writing of the curriculum, and we are actually in the mode of training all of our pilot sites. And um, the work is just it's, it's phenomenal because we're trying to shift the uh, we're shifting how supervisors and workers truly engage their young people and their families and their cases. So, you know, engagement is one of the biggest things that we that we try to pride ourselves on because in order, if we're not engaging with the families, if we're not engaging with the young people, then they're never going to buy into, to a plan that we have. So, you know, as we look at 
how this project should affect our, our system and how we work. It's truly looking at and diving into how do we coach versus supervise, right? How do we make sure that we're building strong connections within our workforce that then turns into strong connections with our families and our youth by in trying to engage them intentionally and differently. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of where, what we're doing, what I'm doing um, now that has literally all of my, most of my attention again, on top of the, the, the typical, you know, give some speeches here and, you know, meet with people there and all the things I still love to do. Um, but this is purposeful work and I'm, I'm excited. I continue to be excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That, uh, that's some big steps that you guys are taking. Cause I remember, uh, early on, um, and a past podcast, as well as, uh, your first appearance on this podcast, we talked about, um, the housing bill for the youth that foster out and, mm-hmm. and how that's rolled out. And now you have Which this awesome program that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's incredible. And now you got this awesome plan going on with, with coaching. Um, so two parts I want to piggyback off there. One, uh, there's a lot of amazing coaches out there that are career coaches and life coaches and all sorts of different coaches. And Mm -hmm. if they're looking to do more meaningful work, such as what, uh, this program is rolling out, um, what are some ways that they can look into uh, getting involved with the rollout of this plan? Is it something that people can apply for to be to get involved, or is it something where you're all they're already working within the foster system? Well, they're already we're already working within the our system. Like um, we're we're actually training uh, our supervisors to be coaches. So there are some systems. Okay. Excuse me. And as we, you know, because this is still, and it's going to be piloted for another three years. So because we are um, attempting or because we are teaching supervisors how to be coaches and giving them the tools that they need to engage uh, not only their staff, but their families. This is what we are. This is what we're trying to do now, as far as outside coaches and things like that, I encourage I fully encourage those that are that have that skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, look into how you can help our system um, be better coaches, right? Um, but as far as this particular project, and after the five years, and we do all of our assessments and our research, then it will be the program will be fully opened up to the nation. Um, that's how the project works. Mm-hmm. But this is something that, you know, we feel is going to shift what we do. And, and truly, like I said, how we show up, how we show mm-hmm. up, not only in the workplace, but also uh, to our families. I mean, we are at such a deficit and COVID didn't make it any better. Right. Um, you have systems in our, in our country that are down, 50 to 60% in their workforce. So we have workers that are being overloaded, overloaded with, with cases and the supports 
aren't fully there and supervisors are overwhelmed. I mean, we're just in a state of, of burnout completely. So mm-hmm. looking at a project like this and looking at um, some ways we can help alleviate and look at employee retention and look at <clears throat> how we look, how we serve our families um, and do it authentically and do it intentionally. I think that's, that's, that's where we have to look now, because again, when you, when you are burnt out, when you have multiple cases, more than what the state or federal guidelines allow, then that means that you can't do your job effectively. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've read articles. There was one article I read. It was a newer worker out of Tennessee, only had been a worker for about a year. But when she quit, she had 120 cases on our caseload. Um, so our system, cases where some of those cases might have like one or two to three, however many kids. So, I mean, that's yeah, exactly. Oof. Exactly. So we're just in, in this state of peril right now. Um, and not to say that this project is, is going to completely fix everything. But we have to look. How are we retaining our our good social our good social workers, and um, how mm-hmm. are we providing supervisors with the support and the knowledge to kind of shift how we how we show up? And I say how we show up is mm-hmm. you going you're going to hear me say that a lot because how we show up matters, right? How we yeah. um, step to the plate it, it matters. And it shouldn't always be about the negatives of, you know, being punitive if something's not done. It's about getting to the, the the root cause of the issue and how we truly ask the right questions to get to the answers. Um, you mentioned, uh, obviously, with this bill, how we can show up and be there to support um, the the people working the system as well. What are, um, as you've worked on some of these pretty big bills, what are some other things coming down perhaps from the government or within the foster system themselves that might be some laws, bills, incentives um, that will help or hurt the foster care system? Obviously, there's kind of a big blowback going on right now um, with a lot of conservatives going against uh, LG. LGBTQIA uh, individuals, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of youth that fit that description might have been kicked out of their homes because of their family not wanting to have someone under um, that identity and stuff. Um, so what are some things that you are coming down the pipes perhaps to either help or hurt and that we could perhaps call our local uh, government representatives on saying, hey, you know, we need you to take action. This is what we want. Well, there's there's so many things, and it's it's hard to always pinpoint every single thing that's happening because some of it truly doesn't even reach the light of day. Um, right. I mean, you have so maybe that, top two, top three. Then crazy. that you think? Well, are- top two, I, I will tell you. Looking at the, um, so I know for the housing space, <clears throat> just making sure that you know things get reappropriated, right? So when you look at money that's being distributed um, for FYI or for show that are now law, 
uh, we want to make sure that those things are still entered into the budget. I know right now there's a fight on Capitol Hill about the budget ceiling and all of that. But if we don't pay attention to things like this, little small programs or sectors like child welfare can be affected, right? And it's those things that we sometimes just don't pay attention to because, oh, it's the government and they're fighting over like every, you know, spending and all that. But we're in that, right? Things that how, how we're supported are in those big budgets, you know, trillion dollar budgets that we try not to pay attention to. So I think as a system, we have to keep our ear to the ground and understand where this funding is going. Also, you are still trying to make sure that we get Chafee expanded. Um, you know, Chafee's been flat funded at, uh, I can't remember the number, but it's the same few million dollars that's that has been funded with since its inception in 1999. And here we are in 2000. If you could, ex- if you could expand on what Chafee is for the layman. So Chafee, yeah. So Chafee is, so it was a bill that was passed uh, in 98. It came to fruition or became active in 1999. And what Chafee does is set aside money uh, for child welfare systems to use for older youth. That's independent living classes. That's uh, supporting mm. youth that age out. That is some systems use it to pay for workers just to work with um, those youth that are going to be aging out. So between 14 and, and now 21. So, you know, and those funds have been the same since, yeah. you know, since it came, since it started. So we're looking at, you know, the increase in that. Also with Chafee, the, you know, and it's hard to kind of explain, but systems are only allowed to to be able to use like 30% of their Chafee allotment towards certain types of programming, which it should be a lot more flexible in in being able Mm. to use that funding. So if a young person needs a car or a down payment for a car, that those funds should able should be able to be used. Um, now we have systems that are being very creative in how they use those Chafee funds, um, but then mm. there's some that don't even get it at all, right? Mm. Uh, but looking to still continue to push, asking for an increase in those funds, um, I think upwards to uh, 150 million dollars is what we're asking. Mm. Um, but at the same time we're we just ha- we just have to k- continue to push um there's a bill locally and i say locally in the state of ohio where we are looking at you know we there's an issue that our system punishes runaways and whether it's a young person that goes awol from our system or they just run away from home and historically what's happened is these kids are punished, whether it's they whether they're punished with juvenile justice, whether they're punished with um, a crime for just trying to survive. One of the bills that we are look, helping to push is the homeless runaway. I think I believe it's the homeless runaway act. And I, don't get me if I'm wrong, I'm I'm wrong. But <laughs> that's kind of what it encompasses. <laughs> where we are not, we are trying to make sure that we decriminalize young people who. Um, 
happened to to run away. Hmm. And as a system, you know, we, we can't we can't keep doing that because think about you when you look at why youth run away from their from these situations, it's because they're in danger. Yeah. Right. They're in danger. The safety is not there. Um, they don't feel safe. So there's reasons why our young people do these things. And yeah. because they're running to find a safer place, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be criminalized for it or yeah. shouldn't be treated as a criminal for doing it. But, but it happens. So locally yeah. as a state, the state of Ohio, that's something that. Uh, definitely we would enjoy for you to get behind. Um, you know, there's a lot of partners on this from the Children's Defense Fund of Ohio to the Junior League of Columbus, uh, who are all helping. But also uh, another p- initiative that we are pushing in the state of Ohio is tuition waivers. So tuition waivers for young people who age out of foster care or experience foster care. That way they're able to go to school for free. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we want to give everyone the opportunity to experience higher education if that's for you. But yeah. right now, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And yeah. then our young people are left with debt out there wazoo, right? So yeah. how do we, you know, the, so the question is, and with our partners as well, is how do we provide free education for those for those people? Um so it's funny. I just got an email uh, talking about the decriminalizing runaway. Um, so there are more sponsors um, nice. that were added to this. So what I mean by sponsors, it's senators and Congress, uh, state Congress uh, people who are liking and showing their support for this bill. So nice. it's... Uh, so it's a beautiful, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Right. Um, but back to the tuition waivers, we want to make sure that education is a huge, it's not a barrier for our young people and getting monies to support the hundred to possibly thousand young, uh, of young people a year for free education. That's a drop in the bucket for most systems for most states. Right. Uh, So why not make it available and remove that barrier to creating a great life? Again, it doesn't mean you have to go to a four year college. Mm -hmm. This money or these waivers will be, these waivers will be available for associates. It's waivers for certificate programs. These waivers will be available for anything these young people want to do regarding higher education. It could be a six month program. It doesn't matter, but it will make definitely make it available for them to to solidify themselves as professionals in any any field. Mm. And that's absolutely important when you look at the statistics of kids that grow up through the foster system and how the number I forget the number off the top of my head, but a very large number that end up just um, still in poverty stuff is and and that's part of the whole foster system pandemic if you will or uh that it's just secular it's many people how many kids who's are in the foster system their parents are in the foster system and their parents are in the foster system it just keeps going around and around around so so programs like this are absolutely vital to get them that education uh coming up 
Um, it's we're halfway through foster care awareness month. Um, mm-hmm. and so two things when it comes to that, what kind of, are there any events, activities for people to take part in or watch, um, to get more informed, uh, with foster care awareness month. And then two, any rising stars, speakers, authors, advocates to be aware of and be following on social media, uh, seeing a book tours like, um, I, I mentioned I had uh, you're my second returning guest. My first returning guest was last uh, my last episode, Justin and Alexis Black, who they just yes, released their first uh, children's book. Uh, I love you more than cereal, which is awesome. Um, so, who should people be looking out for, and what can people be doing for Foster Care Awareness Month? Well, definitely, uh, and I I've haven't met the Blacks uh, personally, but I've been definitely watching. Um, their progression and the impact they're having. So they're definitely on my list of rising stars. Um, Kim Rath, who's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's out of Grand Junction, Colorado, who's an alum. And what's crazy is I'm actually going out there next week um, to be to do an event for them. And she's created Foster Alumni Mentors, um, which is an organization that serves those young people, I think between 18 to 21 or to 24, um, with post care supports, whether it's finding funds for them to go to school, helping set them up in their apartment. I mean, there's, it's just hands-on, hands-on support. And I mean, they're just doing some amazing things out there. So I'll tell you that Kim was one you definitely, you should interview and kind of get, um, to get her on because it, it's, she's just a phenomenal individual. Um, mm. I just did a podcast yesterday for um, Michael Thomas and who is an alum out of Michigan. And he, you know, he's experienced homelessness and, mm. you know, in his years and he still continues to, to fight, for all of those young people who are experiencing the same things that he has. So, mm-hmm. and he is uh, Michael D Davis Thomas and his podcast, <coughs> excuse me, his podcast is called the resilient voices and beyond. And mm-hmm. you're able to, to dive in and he works with local government in Michigan to help steer them in the right direction when it comes to serving um, our mm-hmm. population. So he's another phenomenal, um, force, you know, in our, in our space. So that's just a few, a few that I can, you're a good brother. Okay. okay. <laughs> so that's just a few that I can, I can mention okay. like literally right off, right off the back. And, um, you know, as far as foster care awareness month, yeah, we're halfway through and, you know, a lot of, if you are connected to an agency, if there's a way, just, you know, attend the events, right? So attend their, mm-hmm. their foster care awareness um, banquets, attend their staff banquets, attend or support their foster care, uh, foster parent um, banquets. You know, all of our, mm-hmm. all of our families 
uh, whether it be our bio primary families or our foster to adopt families need love and support. So it's one of those things where, I mean, me personally, you don't have to do a lot, but if you know a family personally, if you know a family personally that is fostering or moving into adoption, show them some love, right? Show them some love, Mm -hmm. send them some flowers, um, let them know that they're doing, you know, God's work. It's, it's, that's what you can do for foster care awareness month. Um, because I think all of us know someone, right? All of us know someone in the space of parenting, um, in this realm. Show them how much you care and how much you appreciate the work that they're doing. You know, um, there's not always like huge, big, uh, big events happening for Foster Care Awareness Month. But even if you go and you send flowers to an agency, you send something to an agency saying thank you for the work that you do on behalf of our, of our children and families, they'll appreciate it. You know, it's just a small token. So that's just, I think that's one way we can be appreciative um, outside of the events that might or might not happen, but supporting those families that are brave enough to do exactly what you and your wife did in adopting um, and to say, thank you. Thank you to those families because it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. It, it's not, it's very rewarding. It's, uh, it's not easy. It's rewarding. It's tough. It's difficult. It's so many things wrapped into one. Um, and like I said, those agencies and people that are helping and step up. And, and again, I've, I've mentioned them each time you and I've talked and, uh, there's the national angels program. There's a chapter here in Cleveland, the Cleveland Angels, uh, they just did a bunch of benefits, um, their spring benefits, uh, and were the chapter here in Cleveland raised over, I know that night, I think over 80,000, but I think they hit six figures on money they raised in one night, um, which wow. was, yeah, it was amazing. Um, and, and again, they have programs to support the foster families as well as support individuals, uh, young adults that are in the foster care system through mentorship programs. So one last question before we wrap it up, uh, as I have my, my nice little one here that keeps coming in the room, but I have my other one to go, to go pick up from preschool. Um, if you could make one change to the foster system immediately, what would that be? One change, um, yeah. Give the power, give pa- I think give power to give power to the parents. Um, you know, you see it in some jurisdictions, but there's others that um, that don't have it. I think we rush to we rush to judge um, primary parents parents as well. So having a system that really and authentically works with both sides of the fence the foster to adopt and the bio families uh, is something that I wish um, could be like a staple. I know we tried. I know there's, this is, I mean, it's a loaded question when it comes to both, but if I could change one thing, it would be how we, how we connect and work with those families as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, I, I know I sent you, I don't know if you ever got to listen to it. I know the audio wasn't the greatest, but um, 
when I got to speak at a local church last summer and talked about our experience um, and how torn we were as foster parents, not originally looking to adopt, but as we fell in love with the kids, like, okay, well, who's, it became this gray area. Like we're not rooting against the parents because that was never what we wanted to do in the first place. But if the parents weren't able to hold up their end, then we wouldn't have our beautiful children. So it's, it was definitely yeah. a, a torn book. Okay. I'll get it for you in a minute, buddy. So one last appearance from Draco there. And, uh, and <laughs> speaking of appearance, I also got to give a shout out where it's due. Uh, thank you for repping the family by heart hoodie today. I love it. Of and course. Yeah, that was a little kind of, Oh yeah. Well, I appreciate it. So, and I always appreciate talking to you. I appreciate everything you are doing, uh, for the f- families taking on the task of being foster families, as well as everything you're doing for the foster community. Um, I will be sure to include all the uh, contact notes and everything for you in the in the show notes so people can check out Jamal and uh, the Daily Jam is uh, one of the yes. podcasts he's a co-host of and his different uh, podcast appearances. So we'll include all that. Jamal, great talking to you. Great catching up with you. And we definitely got to catch yes. up again soon ourselves, buddy. Yep. For everyone else, you know, it's families are made in many, many different ways. Foster family, adoption, uh, kinship care, uh, you know, godparents, whatever it might be, or just pseudo parents. Like you just help mentor somebody, but it doesn't matter what background, how that family's formed. We're born into our names, but we come family by heart.